So, all of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will, where do you want to start? Best podcast in all of space and time. It's the Gallifrey Broadcasting System. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Gallifrey Broadcasting System. It's your hosts, Jace. And Sean. And we are coming at you with a pretty cool episode this week. We're going back to the classic era. We're going to be talking about the episode City of Death, which is an episode that I really wanted Sean to get familiar with. He's not too familiar with classic Doctor Who, and I thought this was a great episode. He finally did it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I thought this was a great episode to start you off with, but before we talk about all that, I wanted to talk about you know what's been going on with with the show and with me. First, we've been talking about it before, and that's Chicago TARDIS. Now, this is a convention coming up November 22nd through the 24th, and I, I'm really, really excited for this. You know, there's going to be Sylvester McCoy there. There's going to be... Uh, Sophie Aldred. There's going to be a bunch of people there, and I'm I'm really excited to get some get some interviews with them. Hopefully, be able to you know talk to them as long as they can. Obviously, they're incredibly busy, and then talk to some of the fans. To to do that, if you guys really want you know to help out the show, head over to Patreon.com/slash/GBSPodcast. Like I've said before, this is a way you can support the show. And, you know, make the show even better because we make it for you. Absolutely. And let us know what you think also on Facebook. You know? Yeah. You know, we got to get this feedback. We can't make this stuff better without getting the feedback to know what y'all like and dislike. If there's a segment that y'all don't like, like Jody comments, which if you do, get the hell out. <laughs> but let us know what you don't like, you know. Yeah. And uh, obviously, we love connecting with other fans of the show, you know, and just Whovians in general. I like I, like I said, I, I want to make the best show possible, and I know Sean feels the same way. Absolutely. Speaking of you, <laughs> how how's the I guess how's the tattoo coming along? Have we made any progress yet? Well, we're finally gonna make some progress. You know, like I was saying before, things are a little was a little shorthanded there for a little while with the you know I focused on school, so I quit everything to kind of work, do that. So money's a little tight. I only get a little bit in every now and then, so saving up what I can. But uh, you know what? I wanted to get another piece of it, especially if I'm able to go to Chicago TARDIS. I wanted to have at least half of this sleeve done, so I actually have the next appointment tomorrow. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I I can't wait to see the finished product. I am I know the fans of the show are really excited to see the finished product as well. It once you finish it, you're going to be solidified as more of a Doctor Who fan than me, which sucks. <laughs> I don't know about that. You can kill me when it comes to knowledge, so I can see it right now. Oh my gosh, you must be a massive Doctor Who fan. What about you? And then you just look at me, and it's like those. Uh, it's like a video game where it goes versus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just knowledge. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode. 
with this week's Doctor News. Well, I've got some news for you, dudes. So we got a little bit to talk about, which, you know, I'm sure some people have uh, seen some of this already. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm sure you saw it, too. I'm sure you're going to want to talk about it. But you, did you know uh, Nicholas Pegg got sacked yeah. from uh, Doctor Who magazine? That was crazy. Yes, he did. It was um, crazy. And, you know, you read the article, and it's even more crazy because you're like, I wonder what the message was. Yeah. You know, and uh, if you don't know, if you don't know who Nicholas Pegg was, uh, he he was he wrote for uh, the Doctor Who mm-hmm. magazine. Um, he was uh, he was the writer behind the Watcher feature on the last issue, but apparently it contained a message, you know, containing a, an obscenity aimed at his employers, you know, BBC Worldwide and Panini. I don't know who Panini is. Me neither. But uh, I mean, I know what the yeah, sandwich is. Uh, but... yeah, I, yeah, I mean, they're delicious. But <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently, he said in the last sentence of that that if you look hard enough, there is always something hidden in plain sight. And so he's also the uh, one of the operators behind the uh, Daleks. So in the show when it returned in 2005, yeah. so he's been and that's in, uh, what performed I know. in 14 episodes. Yeah. So, so. interesting about this story is, you know, fans of the show obviously realize this isn't live. We record the show probably two, a day or two before I, you know, edit it and I get it ready to be broadcast on the air. Yep. And as I was, you know, editing this last week's episode, I'm sorry. As I was editing editing last week's episode, I I was you know I'm always looking at Doctor Who stuff, and my Facebook feed just fills up with this story about Nicholas Pegg getting fired, and the the message is very very obscene. It is like it it took uh someone. Well, I mean, I wish I still had that article. Uh, act like the full, full-fledged article pulled up, but I'm not gonna waste time on that. But it was—I uh, read it all, and it was insane. I was like, "Man, how did they? How did they what? find that?" And then eventually, someone yeah. filled it all, and, and there it I, was. I think he wanted to get caught in a way because obviously their end of. I will. If someone does something like that, they weren't gonna give you a clue. They right, wouldn't give a clue right. if he they gave didn't want to get caught. a clue at the end, which was something <laughs> along the lines of like, uh, "There's something hidden in plain sight" or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said earlier, yeah. There's it's a, there's a message always hidden in plain sight or something like that. But yeah, and uh, it was what the first letter of uh, yeah, every yeah. sentence, and I believe. It, the message was, Panini and BBC Worldwide are the c word. The c word. No, we're gonna we can we're we're gonna say every other cuss word on the planet, but we're not gonna say yeah, that. Okay, I'm glad we have a line. line. I don't like uh, words, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad we have a line now, <laughs> guys. We found it. You didn't. You didn't yeah, know we had one, but, but we found it. The blanks there. <laughs> um. Look up. Look it up. Yeah. So that's insane to me. You know, it's just like you're employed by this this company, and I guess I mean I have never done it. So maybe I just don't. I can't be in the mindset of that. You and I both have been managers mm-hmm. from companies. Mm-hmm. You know, we've hired fired employees, but I just I can't see me personally just putting out a huge message or a huge fuck you to the people I'm working for because you my, what I, how I was raised is you never want to burn bridges because you never know when you might need or want to come back well especially a guy like him because I mean it's not like he's an actor on the show I guess he is in a way because he's obviously operating the Dalek you know costumes but yeah and I hate to say this anyone can be trained to do that it's it's I mean, absolutely if you know Peter Capaldi did that. Everyone, it'd be a scandal for sure, but it's not like he'd lose his job over it. I mean, he technically is already losing his job, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and it's just it's kind of to me, 
and what doesn't make any more sense to me is when you do something like this, you take that step. To me, it's like you're wanting to retire from working. Maybe in that's what he wanted. I don't know. Because you, who's going to hire you? Everyone sees yeah. this. Everyone knows it. Right. Like it's very high profile. Uh, it's all yeah. over the web. Yeah, it's high profile. Uh, where are you going to find work? So is that your way of retiring? You finally just want to say fuck you to the people that you've been working yeah. for for so many uh, years? Maybe that's true. I don't know. Maybe he thought it was never going to get seen. I think, you know, this day and age, and, you know, you, you referenced... People find yeah, everything. Yeah, you referenced it earlier when I you know, when I worked as a manager before. I used to tell employees, like, look, do not post anything on the internet about your work unless it's something positive like if you say anything negative on social media nowadays someone's gonna find it and it, it does not go away once yep. it's on the internet it's there you can't forever yeah you cannot delete it like you just can't it's gone yeah so you have to be very mindful of those type of things and for him you know that's always going to be associated with him the rumor mill, I, I'm not, I, I really don't know. The rumor is the reason that he did that was displeasure from the fact that BBC was hesitant to release Shada. Now, I know you don't know what Shada is. Cause you're not... Well, I know a little bit because it was, it, it, what, it was the, there was a, during the, the, I don't know the years, you probably know, you know the years and stuff, but mm -hmm. there was a, some strikes going on. It was an episode that was never fully completed. Right, And right. people wanted to come back and stuff like that, right? That's correct, yeah. So it was a Tom Baker okay. episode. It was due to be in uh, series 17 or season 17 of the original run yeah. of Doctor Who. And there was uh, strikes going on. Strikes happened a lot back in this time. And that episode was already being, was, it was already in production. And they ended up halting production because of the strikes that were going on. So the episode was never finished. And ever since then, it's it's turned mythical in a way. Interesting. Like, the the episode has, you know, had all kinds of different ways that it's been attempted to be revitalized through novelizations. Yeah, I was about to say, is that the one that I saw that maybe they're doing the, uh, like, it's uh, animated? Right. Or is so that... the, the, the cool news, and I, which is... You know something that I wanted to talk about today, especially considering we were doing a review of a Tom Baker episode from, yeah. um, you know, that era of Doctor Who, and from the same writer as well. Douglas Adams was a writer on The City of Death, and he was the one who wrote Shada. The episode has finally found the closest we could ever get to being fully completed. Now, obviously, the shoot, they could never get Tom to put the scarf and hat back on and try to have him run around a set to do the episode. You know, he, he needs a cane to walk now. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, absolutely. Uh, what they've done is they've gotten they've gotten Tom, they've gotten Lala Ward, you know, who plays Romana, and then mm -hmm. they've gotten other actors, the full cast from the, the episode, and they had him voice you know, through Big Finish, voice, narrations, and then done animations. So the episode itself is not fully animated because they do have footage, archival footage, to, re you know, put it together. Oh, so they're doing ha they're doing like half and half? I, th I figured they'd just... I don't know the percentage. Take the, take the origin original footage and make it animated, in a sense, and make the whole no, thing no, animated? No, no, no. They're not doing that. So it, it is parts... Oh, okay. So they are keeping the parts that they have that were 
you know, completed. That'll be interesting. And then, you know, added post-effects to them. And then taken the animations and paired it together and then had them voice it all. So it is a complete story, which is really, really awesome. And I, I've said several times on the show how much I like the things like that. Like, the, the show is able to have resurrections in a way not a regeneration but a resurrection <clears throat> it's great having stories come back and having doctors do things through the audiobooks through animations i think that's the great thing about doctor who and I, i'm really excited to see shada i i honestly don't know much about the episode itself i know it has something to do with a book that Typical Doctor Who thing, book stolen, book contains ancient knowledge, etc., etc. Yeah, something around those lines, yeah, absolutely. But all that long-winded thing was, was to say that apparently that was the reason that Nicholas Pegg did what he did. I don't know if it's true, but it is the rumor. Whatever, well, it's it, who cares now? It's done, it's over. I yeah. mean, <laughs> it's already it's already been uh, He didn't get a happened. job again, I can so. say that. He ain't getting a job again, yeah. Moving on, if if you guys listening, you know, if y'all love Doctor Who and you're trying to find your own way to kind of going into it and kind of do your own part for Doctor Who, DoctorWhoNews.net is actually uh, looking for volunteers. So that's a cool little bit of info. They're yeah, looking for uh, news contributors, reviewers. Yeah, they're looking for reviewers, event compilers, guide compilers. They're looking for all sorts of stuff. So if you wanna if you wanna write reviews for Doctor Who and get take be involved in your own way, then definitely check that out. That's actually pretty mm-hmm. cool information. So that's pretty awesome. I like that. Of course, sad news, and we've been getting a couple of these lately because it is just it's it's just getting to that time from classic to to right. modern Who. That we're starting to get some of these these older people to to finally pass. Um, they're you know they're unfortunately passing away. Um, the the most recent is uh, Dudley Simpson. Uh, he was 95 years old. He's one of the prolific contributors to Doctor Who. He was the composer. So a lot of the composer did. Oh, he wrote the score for over 60 stories. Cool. So did the music soundtrack yeah, for that stuff. So yeah, that's kind of sad. But like, you know, that's a good 95, run. 95 though, man. Woo, that's a full life. That's a good run. Yeah, that's a full life, man. So I, I, that's crazy. It's it's also crazy to think like how a lot, how old I guess Doctor Who is. I, I made a reference uh, to watching, you know, because I rewatched The City of Death this week, and my girlfriend watched it with me because I wanted her to see the differences as well. She commented because Tom Baker was like thirty-seven when he started, maybe a little younger, mm-hmm. maybe thirty-four. Anyway. She commented how he looked older than, you know, like David Tennant and uh, Matt Smith and in her eyes, even Christopher Eccleston. I was just like, yeah, you think he's old there? That was 40 years ago. You know, he's like 84 now. Yeah. So if if you're you were around in those days working on early seasons of Doctor Who, you're getting up there. Yeah, for sure. That's, I mean, like I said, we're getting to that point. There was, there was, you know, we had that gap there, but when Doctor Who first started, I mean, we're losing, so we're losing these actors and behind the scenes people, writers and stuff as time goes on, you know, music composers. So if you get a chance to go, we've said it before, to go to any of these conventions, go, because there's going to be, uh, super soon, you're not going to be able to, to 
get some of those people's like autographs or meet them or talk to them, shake their hand, do yeah, something. They're going to be gone, and you want to be one. Yeah, thank them for their performance. Be one of the be one of the people that gets to go. Yeah, I, I met him. You know, type of thing. Mm -hmm. So, also something interesting that you might have already heard about was there's a new tribute show to Doctor Who called the Arrows of Time. Yeah, I saw some. Of Did that, you see that? Yeah. Yeah, basically what it is, it's a full-dome planetarium show. That seems pretty cool. I don't know if I've ever been to, like, a... Have you ever been to, like, a planetarium show where they have it, like... It's, like, one of those little... You ever been to one of those? I think so. I think I, think I went we to one, one that was uh, Pink Floyd-themed years and years ago. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Long time um, ago. But it's premiering... Yeah, it's premiering in the Czech Republic on uh, November 19th. And a second performance on the 20th. So that's pretty cool. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> if I could somehow make it to the Czech Republic, I'm not going to be able to, but whatever. Uh, it's a full global... They do a, they're going to do a full tour in 2018. They don't really have any dates or anything like that, but they're going to spend a lot of time in certain mm -hmm. areas. It'd be really cool for us to see. Of course, if you're listening from somewhere in our area over there in like London and stuff like that, maybe you'll be able to go. We, of course, are more than likely not going to be able to go. But there's a. It'd be nice to see some pictures and stuff. Yeah, so if you could post some pictures, or we might have to look up some stuff. But there's some people that voice that do the voice acting for a lot of the doctors, like the uh, John Giller. Giller, he uh, he did the voice acting for the first Doctor in the Day of the Doctor, and uh, the BBC oh, recreation yeah. of the missing material from Planet of the Giants. So that's that's pretty cool. They're gonna have a lot of those people come in. People that do voice actings will come in. They actually have motion capturing in it for animated avatars to be used, which is, you'll really like. This there's gonna be ten Doctor's likenesses in this, including Sir John Hurt's War Doctor. So that's pretty cool. Oh, cool. So we get a little bit more of the War Doctor, which is nice because that's just yeah. There's not much. I, I, I love the I've War talked Doctor. About, I've much. talked about the that character before on the show, and obviously I, I think John Hurt is one of the greatest actors of our generation. I think he was fantastic. He Absolutely. Was, I think we talked about him for a while yeah, in that episode, yeah. He's, he was underutilized a bit. Not not because they didn't think he could do it or whatever, just because that character didn't need to... It was a, they had only one episode, and that character was, mm -hmm. you know, not to be overdeveloped in a way. And I, I get the... Yeah, I think they have... They do. It's either audio... They do. Or... They have both. Uh, comics? They, have both. I think they might have both. And there, so yeah. there's obviously more than just the Day of the Doctor to consume of that character. But I, I just wish we could have gotten another on-screen episode. That would have been that would have been really cool. That'd been nice. That'd have been really nice. And yeah, it's I also unfortunate that. that that character had to be what it was. But I mean, I understand it. I I liked the idea of the Doctor giving in to the time war in a way i like the idea that he was fighting and i i just like i wish we could have seen more of him it's unfortunate that he yeah because there was so much to go with that there i mean this is the time when the uh, the time lords are still right. around there's there's right so much going on there's all these other planets that they're on too and areas we could have seen so much or gotten so much. Yes, it would have already been war-related, mm -hmm. but we could have seen some of this stuff, which we got a little, I guess, a little tiny bit of it in that piece where uh, right, the, the Eighth Doctor, Doctor regenerated into the... In, yeah, we, so we got a little bit there when he tried to save someone, and they were like, oh, no, you're blah, 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 and they locked himself in and rather have died right. rather than been saved by the Doctor. So there are 
we could have gotten some of those stories maybe. That would have been something completely different. A time when people know who the Time Lords are and don't yeah. want to be saved. And it's also that would have been interesting. Compelling in a way, you know, that he gets to the point where he goes, you know, no more. Like, I, I want to know... Yeah. I want to be a warrior. Well, no, no, not in the Night of the Doctor I'm talking about. In the actual Day of the Doctor episode, you know, something brings him to the breaking point oh, okay. where he decides he's going to kill everyone. And I'd like to know the what mm -hmm. leads him up to that. Like, I'd like to know, you know, because that's a big, obviously, decision. A decision that he ultimately, you know, doesn't make, but... Yeah, were you were you hit by something? Like, did something hit you emotionally? Did you see someone you love die right in front of you? Like, what happened to yeah, make you go, everyone. this has to end now? Now, more than likely, to, to me, I think his reasoning behind it, and I think they might have alluded to it a little bit, I can't remember, I'd have to, to rewatch it, is that if this war would have continued, it would have engulfed the entirety yeah, yeah. of the universe and all time and space, so they needed to, he needed to end it. And the only way right. he could think to end it was to destroy both both races. Right. At the same time, like, I also... The moment, you know, that the, the mm -hmm. sentient weapon of mass destruction... Very, very yes. confusing. And, I, man, I could go off on a tangent about this. That, well, it's Time Lord technology. It's all you have to say. Don't try to dive into it. Right. It's just like, you know, <laughs> if the weapon is sentient, why couldn't he have just gone, I want to kill all the Daleks and all the bad Time Lords? You know, like, what? Why? why did it have to be every Time Lord? But anyway... That's that's a whole nother thing. Another uh, yeah, something else you talked about was the actor who voiced the first Doctor in the Day of the Doctor did that little clip. Yeah. Interesting about that clip, because the the line is calling to the, it's uh, what is it calling to the High Council Gallifrey? This is the Doctor, and that's the line. Believe it or not, that's the one and only time technically. It's not William Hartnell saying it, obviously, but it's the one and only time that we ever hear the first Doctor say the words Gallifrey. He never says it. Oh, I didn't he, know that. He never says it in the original, you know, run. So that was the yeah. I did not know first, that. First, that and that's why they had to have someone else come in. Like they could have just, you know, tried to clip a line from the original show and and darker it up a little bit. But they wanted, they wanted him to say that, so they had to have someone do an impression. It was a good impression too. You would never know. Oh yeah, you would have never known. Like, I mean, I didn't know that. I didn't know why he even did the voiceover for it until I read that read mm -hmm. that article just you know earlier to get myself prepared. Um, I I would have never known. So that was kind of yeah. interesting. That's that's all I have in terms of Doctor News. Unless you got anything hidden up your sleeve that you want to talk about, Jace? Yeah, there was a small little story I saw. It was talking about Jody being hesitant to reveal that she was, you know, in Doctor Who. And I, I, so looking at how it is why. now, I can completely understand why she, she had, she, you know, she moved to Cardiff or not Cardiff. She moved to Wales and yeah, Wales. she couldn't tell anyone why. And everyone thought she was like quitting acting or something because she was turning down roles. I remember that. I, yeah. I read a little bit about that. She was, people were calling her for roles and she didn't, she couldn't tell anyone that she moved to Wales and she had to make up excuses like, oh, I'm just not reading scripts right now. And people were like, what? And I think she said something like she didn't want the reveal to be through yeah. her. She wanted it to be through something else, yeah. I think. If I remember that correctly. I, I read it. And I mean, I don't remember. us Whovians are ravenous in the information that we want. And obviously that's why we do this we'll show. 
It's because I love it. I love Doctor Who yeah. so much that I can't get enough. I mean, isn't it just crazy? Just think about that. Is it not just crazy to know that months, really, uh, months before, like Bradley Walsh got the companion, people had already p- pinned him as it. Isn't that just crazy? Like how they can figure that stuff out so quickly. Yeah, I think that's that is studio or or executive tinkering in a way. I think mm-hmm. that sometimes leaks are strategic. It's not just, oh, you know, it leaks at the perfect time. Who, no, I think they do it on purpose. Sometimes, not every time. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Looking, looking at it objectively, I understand why we know who the Thirteenth Doctor is. And you and I would be, if we didn't know, let's say they didn't reveal it to us, you and I would be talking. This episode (laughs) would probably be titled. Who the fuck is the 13th Doctor and why aren't they telling us? It's probably. So, probably, and we I, talk about 10 different people right. that we think probably could do it. Right. So, I mean, I obviously they, they we we as fans probably force their hand in a way. But at the same time, I I like to think about a world where we didn't know and then it just happened. Like it just we get the regeneration and boom, there's Jody. Yeah, but you don't get that anymore. That's that's never going to exist in almost anything now in terms of film, TV. You're going to know beforehand. I mean, sometimes they get I, away I, with I, it. I, I, what's the, I can't think of the last thing that I was surprised by. Tom Baker? The curator? Well, yeah. We, none of us had true. any idea. But that we wasn't speculated, a, that, but... that wasn't like a main character though, and like in terms of the, I thought, I thought we were just talking about main terms and like main characters. Oh yeah, in the show or just anything. No. You always know what it's gonna be before it even happens. Let's, you know what? Let's yeah. go ahead and do it. Let's get this week's Jody comment. I'm not flirting, by the way. Oh, yeah, that was a perfect segue. <laughs> talking about Jody, this might as well hop in. Um, so there's a good few ones out there, as always. One of our favorite times as we get closer it's november now we're not that far away a little over a month and it will be here we'll finally get to see her be in the episode for two minutes and then wait a year so <laughs> as <laughs> yeah. so as we get closer we get to see people's comments and we've talked about it before the last week's was actually a little bit more on the lighter side which was surprising oh. um this week this week we're back to kind of not so much we're kind of back to the the hatefulness of the internet. Oh, so no. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. So uh, this guy thinks that we're all still stuck in the stuck in the monk simulation. <laughs> he goes, "Don't worry, everyone. We're still in the monk simulation. It's not real." <laughs> that might be the best I one I've heard. Really good. I thought that That's, was really yeah. good. I did enjoy we're that still one. Still stuck in the monk simulation. I did enjoy simulation. that one. So this is where the part where yep. <laughs> someone gets a message on their sonic sunglasses. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, exactly, exactly. My, this person says, unlucky 13, no offense. Oh, of course. Holy holy yeah. cow, have I not ever put that together? I didn't either until I read it. I went, oh, well, Ooh, somebody that's had to do it. That's kind of sinister uh, in a way. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. That is, isn't it not? We should oh, have said that something on the, on the Halloween special. We should have added that to the speaking Halloween special. Speaking of 13 in the Halloween special. What's up? Okay. So I know we'll talk more, drop some more Jody comments here in a second. This is obviously the 13th episode of GBS. I didn't realize until we we started setting up for this week's episode, if we had had started this one week earlier, the Halloween episode could have been the 13th episode. So it was a big 
opportunity. It could have been. Yeah, it's okay though. It's all right. Hopefully that means we will continue past 13 yeah, because we didn't yeah, do it yeah. on Halloween. <laughs> but, yeah. Hopefully we're around for more than 13 episodes. Yeah, well, we made it, guys. We only, can only do an episode for every doctor there is currently. So we have to stop. Well, technically we can do it. We can do <laughs> one, more. one more for the I guess doctor and then one more that. for the meta crisis. Meta crisis. Yeah, if we wanted to. So, yeah. well, well, guys, we all, we're almost done with the show. We have two more episodes left. Yeah. And uh, we're good yeah. to go. But anyway, so getting back into it, because you know, we all like to see what people think. We love to see what you guys think. We would actually like to see what you guys think for real. But until then, let's be entertained by the masses of the internet. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah R.I.P. Doctor Who used to be a good... I wasn't so much of a fan as Peter Capaldi. Go screw yourself. But now it seems as if the show is being used as a beacon to spread a message to the viewers, dot, dot, dot. I mean, it's, isn't it always to spread a message? You yeah, know, it's, like a message. Sometimes it's just There's creating. Little... People just get put in there. Yeah. I mean, but now we're going to put ourselves in this room. If she'll meet one of her previous incarnation, incarnations, will Doctor fuck himself? Oh, I knew it. The second you yep. said that. Yep, now, now we're in this room. <laughs> no, but if it was the master, on the other hand... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. That was so good. Looking back on that, I loved <laughs> that it. That was good. I Dancing really with did. himself. So, oh, anyways. This one's actually pretty good. Sense. I'm going to summarize this one because it's long. I'm not going to say the whole thing. And we've seen this in a lot of different... Not even Doctor Who, just in general anything is, oh, Christopher Eccleston, great doctor, love him, wait, he's leaving? After one year? They're replacing him with this clown? I refuse to watch the show. Now, but eh, I'll give it a chance. And then David Tennant come around, and basically it's the same thing over and over and over and over again. So, you know, it's that's what happens. People don't like change, in my opinion, and you, you when change is presented, you get furious, and you hate it, and then it happens, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I'll give it one episode, and then you love it, so shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, that was something uh, Dr. Squeeze said, you know, when he was on the show, was talking about how people feel before and after. Like, before Doctor Who came back on the air in 2005, the fact that there was going to be an actor with a northern accent playing the role of the Doctor was a big deal. And people were like, what the fuck? You know? I remember that. I remember, I remember him saying that, yeah. And then when... David Tennant came around, they were like, I mean, who's this, you know, who's this young guy playing the doctor? What the hell? And then, obviously, everyone loves him now. He's the king of the world. And then... Yeah, his merchandise sells the most. Yeah. (laughs) And then Matt Smith comes along and, like, even Sylvester McCoy said this in an interview a few years back. Talk, you know, Nicholas Briggs asked him, you know, do you think age matters when it comes to playing the doctor? And he said before Matt Smith, he's like, I would have said yes. There's, there is, you know, his idea of what Doctor Who was was this stately older professor type who was doing heroic things and teaching you at the same time, and that's what his vision of what Doctor Who was. But then he said, but then watching this twelve-year-old, that's what he actually said about Matt Smith. He's like watching this twelve-year-old just absolutely nail it. You know, he's like, it's made me realize that no, age does not matter when it comes to playing the role. And I, th- I, I feel that gender's the same way. And that's what, you know, Tom Baker said, which was he believes that, you know, he's he's very famous for saying that no one has ever failed at playing Doctor Who, that everyone's always everyone has been successful, and the formula of the show can really absorb anybody. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, it's it's crazy that people get so worked up about it. Like this person. I mean, this person goes dark. Are you ready for this one? I think this is dark anyways. The ending of it's dark. The beginning of it's kind of whatever. But the doctor, he, in caps, will have less strength now and periods. Dot, dot, dot. Do we know that? I hope we get nuked soon. Everything has gone to shit. Time Lord's no, we don't know any of that. But th- th- that last... No, that last sentence, though. Isn't that crazy? I hope we get nuked soon. Everything has gone to shit. Over a show, guys. <laughs> over the casting of a show, this person hopes we get nuked. <laughs> like, yeah. damn. I, no, I'm sure, like, there, I'm sure that's in like, jest, but... Yeah, if it isn't, Jesus. Get some perspective. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Now this this is my hero right here, and it's just because it's it's so simplistic. There's nothing crazy in this statement. It's just right. I'll wait and see what she's like as a doctor, then I'll judge. Yeah, you know what? I'm totally cool with that. I I, I feel like that's the right way to that's be. That's exactly what you should do. I've said it so many times now. Just be, have an open mind about it. Judge it on its merits, not on politics or anything like that. How? Yeah, I, I actually like. I'm sorry. I was reading through comments while you were talking, trying to try to get to another one. And I just like this dude's. I've been picturing it in my mind as the first lines of Jody Whitaker. It's uh, think the new doctor's first words will be on the lines of, "Huh, something feels different this time." Dot dot dot. Never mind. I'll work it out later. <laughs> that would <laughs> be good. Like. Uh, That's funny. The doctor regenerates, and then she's all of a sudden she's just like, "Huh, this is there's something weird going on here." But all right, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll worry about that later. I got something I got to do now. So imagine that whole that's man, that would be some hella good writing. That first whole episode, yeah, she doesn't realize she's a woman. Like she just doesn't know. Yeah, the whole like, episode doesn't realize. Just thinks he has like a a, a sweeter voice yeah, or like, something. Like <laughs> that would be good. Like I don't know. There, there's there's all kinds of things you could do there. That would be really funny. Here's a little decree we're gonna do for next week's episode. Yeah. Every Jody comment we do next week is gonna be a good one. How about okay. that? So just hunt through and see what we can find. Good ones. Okay. Yeah, we're only gonna do good ones next week. You know what? YouTube needs to come out with a way to. Separate those themselves. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we will sift through the awfulness, and we will find good ones. We will week. find the brightness in the dark. That's right. Speaking of good, speaking of of awesomeness, we're going to go ahead and talk about our main topic, the throwback. Classic Doctor Who, the episode City of Death. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually happy to go through this. It was fun to it was fun to watch. It was different for me. First, that was my first foray into classic Who. So, so uh, before we talk about the episode and how you felt about it and uh, the differences and everything, the first like I'm just gonna give you some facts, I guess. Okay. First, is that this is the most viewed episode of Doctor Who ever. Oh, okay. Okay. Like it is technically. The only one part is now they all three. I'm sorry, all four parts have been watched at the time were 13 million viewers or more. Now the fourth part ended up having 16.1 million. There is a bit of fudging on this because at the time the episodes aired, 
ITV, which was BBC's biggest competitor in terms of viewing, was on strike. Ah, okay. So they didn't, it didn't have any competition. That's right. Well, that makes sense. But it was still, I mean, regardless of the reasons why, it's still the most, including modern Doctor Who. Now, you know, obviously modern Doctor Who doesn't include streaming or anything like that. Yeah. I think the most... It only counts the stuff that counts at what? It's like live, not live, but that when right. it airs. So if someone right. watches it the day after, it doesn't count. Right. I think the most viewed episode of Doctor Who, modern Doctor Who, is closer to 9 million. Which is still which staggering. Is still, yeah, it's still great. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with all the services we have nowadays to be able to view it. So, mm-hmm. fourteen or sixteen million viewers is more than like we get on, the, you know, NFL, and here in the states, or more than NBA so. basketball. So there's that. It's also there's the first episode that had filming outside of like Wales and outside of United Kingdom. Like, you know, that this obviously the setting of the episode is Paris, and they actually did film in Paris. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I didn't know that it was the first time they did that, but I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, so they actually filmed on location. Like, it's, this was the same season that Shada was supposed to come from. Yeah, I remember you saying that. I was going to say mm-hmm. that earlier, but yeah, I remember you saying it was supposed to be uh, series, season whatever, 17. And I was like, oh, that's the same one that I was watching these uh, episodes. Yeah, like. yeah. So, just easy question. You can try to keep it nice and short because we're going to talk at, at length, obviously, about it. Just general, did you like the episode? I did. There was, uh, just watching it, we'll, you know, I'll try to keep it just vague at the moment, but there were some things I noticed and differences between that, uh, I guess, classic Who in general, if, just, if some episodes are like that more, if more of the classic mm-hmm. ones are like that, in comparison to modern Who and just things that I noticed in the way it was played out and I actually I, I really enjoyed it it was it was fun to watch it was different I saw myself at the beginning going oh the episode's already over okay and I had to click on the next one so that right. was a little yeah, different the format for me. Of, yeah format of doc, classic Doctor Who for fans of the show who are only familiar with new who Doctor Who back in this time would separate episodes into chapters or parts which so, I liked it because there's like cliffhangers and stuff That's right. what, I thought it was cool it was just different. It took me a minute to get used to. I probably didn't get used to it until after the part two. I was like, okay, I know what's happening now. Right. Yeah, so the episodes would usually last about 25 minutes long, and then they would separate them into four or six parts. And, you know, that would be one self-contained story. So it would be over, you know, an hour long if you watched them in succession, but it was mm-hmm. separated into parts. So that's obviously a big difference from... Uh, new Who, and then big one would be the special effects as well. So, what'd you think about the the special effects? They it really didn't bother me. I I didn't really even pay attention. I was more inept. To, I was more inept. Definitely not inept. <laughs> I was more apt to watch the show and get the story and see the characters than I was to pay attention right. to the special effects. So yeah, the, they didn't even bother me. Once you get past it, because there's certain. I mean, we're live in a very different time and even the way the sh- the cinematography of the show and cinematography in general has gotten revolutionized in a way they they film things so you can no absolutely and that's one of the differences i saw and for me anyways i might be wrong maybe it was only in this one episode so you might be able right. to tell me but when i was when i was watching it i noticed that a lot of the the 
the cameras were just like were through objects like fences or trees or to the right of a pole or to the left of a pole right. or like just the way the filming was done it, it was just it was it was i was like huh that's a little different yeah it's different you can also tell the difference in how they film on location versus on set again it's 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 a long time ago and i'm i'm not trying to discredit anyone or, or say that the work wasn't very good but you as a viewer now watching it there's a very almost jarring difference between scenes filmed outside of a set versus inside of a set like you can tell that oh okay when he's walking on the streets of paris that you could almost it almost feels different like it, the tone of it the episode yeah. changes and i don't think that was intentional but they were limited in what they could do you know lighting for me, that's that's always different. It gets better as it gets closer to like Sylvester's era, and then obviously in the new show, it, it's seamless. You you can't tell. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Especially, I think they've done some great work in the last few years with Doctor Who. Ever since Capaldi came on board, you can mm-hmm. tell the budget's a lot bigger. So, so they've done they've is. done a lot they've done a lot more. Tom. You know, his performance, I mean, he's just great in general. And, I mean, obviously we all know that. Tom Baker is, is you know, one of the, the most high rated, highly rated, if not the guy, you know, when it comes to playing the Doctor. There's always been arguments. Now, with the modern version of the show, Tom Baker versus David Tennant, I tend to lean more towards the David Tennant side of it, but that's just because... I'm young. Some there's someone out there who goes, "How dare you, sir? How dare you?" But I'll tell you, blaspheme. Do not blaspheme. Do not blaspheme. <laughs> that's always the biggest argument. What Whovians is it? Is it Tom Baker? Is it David Tennant? Obviously, you know my favorite's Matt Smith. So that's who I say. But mm-hmm. if we're putting it down between them two, I, I do think David Tennant's better. But Tom Baker, he's just he's so eccentric. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, when he enters the room with the Count and Romana and Duggar, when he uh, when he enters the, the room, the first Duggan, whatever or whatever the fuck his name was, whatever. <laughs> I didn't fucking pay attention to his name. But when he enters the room first time into the, the chateau or whatever, he enters, and he's just so bubbly. He's like, oh, hey, nice yeah. to meet you. Yeah, cool. Hey, take a seat. Yeah, why don't you sit here? You sit here. Hey, let's go get a drink. You want a drink? Hey, cool. Like, I, I thought that was really, really cool. He was like, I'm a pleasant person. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's so. very yeah, it's very eccentric that way. And there was something, there's been interviews that Tom has said, and Elizabeth Sladen said this about him as well. You know, that was who played Sarah Jane before she passed. She mm-hmm. said that when he was, you know, thinking about playing the part, he really locked on to the idea that the the doctor's an alien that the, he's not of earth he's he's not a human being so he shouldn't act or say things like a human being so uh, if a human being would be you know very macabre and very somber about saying something the doctor would be delighted to say something and vice versa you know if someone was very happy or something he would say something with conviction and 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 a dark element to him and it, you do get that in a way you the doctor that the doctor as played by tom baker 
has secrets, you know, and he's he has thoughts and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't share them with you or he doesn't have to share them with you. So there's an element of danger with him, but in a good way. Like, it's not like he's a bad guy or anything, but, you know, you can feel the way he has control of the situation. Like the always, the doctor, even if, even if it's a, a veiled sense of control, Tom's doctor is very commanding. No, he is, absolutely. Like, he... He commands the room and all that sort of stuff, and I I, I really enjoyed it. He kind of at the beginning kind of reminded me of a little bit of Matt right. Smith, kind of bubbly, happy, you know, when he's running off and holding hands with you know uh, Romana and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty cool. So I was like, oh, there you go, that's pretty neat. It's kind of more something I'm I'm used to, but I really I really did enjoy it, especially when he was in the uh, what right. was it the uh, Leonardo scene. You never got to see Leonardo, but it was in that scene. That was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, he's I enjoyed that. So he's uh like. I love I love Tom. I think he obviously is the best classic uh, doctor. And there's a lot of little facts about about his run as the doctor that I, I like and like that are really interesting. I guess I should say. One is okay. We have Romana. Now I know you don't know much again about classic Doctor Who. Romana Romana is a is a time lady. She is a time lord like the Doctor. Yeah. And he even and I, I wrote that down. I go he even he even refers to her as a time lady. So uh, I mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. I was gonna bring that up later to talk about. I was like people are getting people are like are they are they gonna refer to Jody as a time lady? I so I mean, do you think they're gonna refer to Jody yeah, as a time lady since I the mean, show has already said time lady? They did that with with uh, Missy. So I, I'm not sure. I thought that'd be interesting. Now, I thought that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, it's already it would make sense if they did, but who knows? Again, you, you, it's hard. It's so hard to predict. <laughs> Yeah, but I know a little bit. I, I did a little research after I watched the episodes, and I know a little right. bit about Romana. She well, that's, uh, that's the second, well, the second one that I guess we see on TV. So Romana two, or whatever. Yeah, that's what I was gonna tell you about. So then Romana, her full name is Romana Romanid Veratralunder. Yeah, wrong. Yeah, I wasn't even gonna try to pronounce it. And the do- yeah, the the doctor shortens it to Romana. He and then the the line is. Uh, Oh, it's in that episode. What is it? Uh, the the Rebos operation. And he asks Romana one, you know, you can either go by Romana or Fred. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, "Oh, call me Fred then." And then she just uh, he just calls her Romana anyway. But uh, we have Mary Tam who plays the first version of Romana, and then Lala Ward. Yeah, so we have Lala Ward who plays Romana too. No. She was pretty. What? Saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So that brings up something very interesting. <laughs> so first thing interesting about Lala Ward is that her and Tom Baker were married. Yep, I saw that. Uh, they do eventually get divorced, but they were married for a period of time. Second interesting thing that happens is Mary plays Romana. Uh, the first, and we have the the long running story of the key to time, and there's six segments to the key to time uh, that assemble, and it's like the ultimate power in the universe. Yeah, I remember you showed me just a little bit, a little bit of uh, a little bit of that, and uh, you know, I don't know if this is where you were you were going with all that, but it was when mm-hmm. I was researching this, because I wanted to know who I was yeah, actors and something that I was talking about. Yeah, so I, I don't remember her name. Who, who, the first one, the first one. Yeah, Mary Tam. Damn, there you go. That's right. I did see where 
she w she left on good terms apparently and wanted to come back to do the regeneration scene, but they wouldn't let her. And yeah. there was like a rumor spread apparently that she was pregnant, but she said in interviews that she, that was false and all that sort of stuff. So right. that was pretty interesting. Well, okay, so Romana does regenerate in a seemingly on a whim. There's no, there's there's nothing that happens in it. The regeneration also happens off screen. So Mary got kind of shafted in a way. Maybe I, yeah. I again, this is just how I'm viewing it. Uh, from the outside. But we have Lala who plays a character before she becomes Romana, the actress plays a character called Princess Astra. So the keys to time, the six segments were disguised so that you had to find them. And they were objects that would be disguised. And then once you press the, touch the core of the key to time to them, they would revert back to their original form. And, you know, one is like a piece of, mineral and so on and so forth so they're just inanimate objects princess astra is the first and only piece of the key to time that's a living being you so you find out later that a, a sentient human was the last segment Interesting. well turns out everyone loved princess astra's performance lala's performance as princess astra so they brought lala back and just had her in the context of the show romana regenerates to look like princess astra because she thought she was very beautiful in reality they just needed lala to play that role <laughs> of course but they can write it however they right. want bye -bye. yeah so she got shafted away and i think romana one was great but i do think romana two is better <laughs> but yeah yeah i really did like i did really did like her in the uh in the episodes uh it was it was neat and i like what what got me? I was like, I was like, she she looks so young, and in terms of like Time Lord, she is super young. Cause when she get gets asked how how old are you, she goes, yeah, she's relatively young for a Time Lord. She's also the only Time Lord companion that we get throughout the show's history. That's interesting. That she was given. And, Go ahead. I was gonna say yeah, and you and as far as we know, she could potentially still be around. We've had some adventures, like comic adventures and yeah, stuff like and, that. Well, with her in there, but she it never what I couldn't find anyways. It never clearly states that she's dead. No, she so. does become the high president Gallifrey after she leaves. Yeah, but what's uh, what's interesting with that is from what we see after the uh, is you know, we still see what's his name, Resilian? Oh, uh, Rassilon. Right? Ra Rassilon, there you go. He's still there, and so what's interesting is that they were talking about how once you know. Peter Capaldi mm -hmm. gets on Gallifrey, that maybe it's after that. Like once he leaves, maybe she's the, maybe she's there somewhere. Maybe she comes back. I don't know. There's just there's all sorts of little tidbits there about when right. she was. I mean, they could always bring that character back, just like they can bring anyone back. Of course they could. But yeah, yeah I, I do like Lala's performance in the City of Death. She was great. Tom was great. Uh, Julian Glover is who plays Scaroth, the last of the Jaggeroth. Yeah, and I thought that was interesting. Another uh, last of a somebody type of thing. That was pretty cool. His performance is very good in that episode, and this episode was it was rated as in a fan poll as the greatest story Doctor Who had ever done. And like I said, that's why I really wanted you to to, to jump in with this episode. Or I'm sorry, it wasn't the greatest episode Doctor Who had ever done. It's the greatest episode. To show a non Doctor Who fan, 
Now, obviously, this is talking about the classic era. The modern era, you know, usually the episode people talk about is Blink. Yeah. It's a great episode. Obviously, the name of the episode plays on the whole tie of City of Love is what Paris is. So it's like a it's a play on that. Because they're in Paris, and if that if he wants to use a machine, he could technically kill everyone right. in Paris. So uh, that was one of the one of the like the ultimatums that he was given. Uh, I just refer to him as a count because I don't want to try to remember his real name. So I just yeah. said the count. I thought it was cool because the actor that plays the count, you're, you know, he is playing two parts of the same person in the show. Like in that episode, he's playing one of him in one era and one of him in another era that's able to communicate with themselves. Like, it was kind of weird to me. Like, when I first saw him, when, uh, uh I almost said Capaldi. When... Yeah. <laughs> I almost said Capaldi. But when the Doctor goes back in in time, he when he goes, hey, how? why are you here? And he's like, I could ask you the same thing, Doctor. He already knew who he was. And I was like, how, how did he do that? Because it's the past. That doesn't make sense. They haven't met yet in that time period. And, but... Their minds are still linked because it's he's fragmented yeah. in time. So. Yeah, it's it's an it's a neat little cool. tidbit of information, I guess, to know that like he's spread across time in twelve different parts. It is confusing in a way, but Doctor Who tends to be that way sometimes. Um, you know, and I do like the little Leonardo, not cameo, I guess, but the, the fact that it goes back in time, and though the that the real Mona Lisa is now is technically not the real it is a real one because leonardo painted it himself but it, it says that it's a fake yeah, yeah under an x-ray cool. i think that's yeah I, I like i like the use of a sonic knife i thought that was pretty cool i was like oh look another sonic item they use a sonic knife to cut the glass around the mona lisa i thought that was pretty cool yeah and then you know you see uh i don't know do you get the tom using the sonic screwdriver in that episode I can't remember. Yeah, when they're locked in the uh, the cell right, or whatever, right, right. he tries to use it. It doesn't work, and then it eventually works. He doesn't he doesn't use it that often, which I liked. He used it twice, I think. He used it once to get out of the cell, and then once to open a door into. Where the heck did he go? He was opening the a door, a glass door, to get into somewhere. I can't remember where he was going to, but he opened up the door to get in there. Yeah, and then the episode is written, you know, like I said, by Douglas Adams and another writer, but they wrote it under a pseudonym. You know, like, uh, which is David Agnew. For some reason, they didn't uh, the right put their name on the episode. Mm. The you know, I, I, as I said, the name of the episode, obviously, "City of Death," is a play on words, but it's also a play on words in French, because uh, the French version of it, "City of Love," is "Cité de l'Amour," and then "City of Death" in French is "Cité de la Mort." So it, it sounds very similar. So it's it's like a double pun. Another little fact I'm looking at here it says when Romana discusses other galactic art galleries that rival the Louvre, one of the names mentioned is the Braxtil the Braxtil collection. This is a name unlikely to cause much of a ripple to anyone strictly sticking to the TV adventures of Doctor Who, but fans of Big Finish and the audio adventures. Braxatil is enormously familiar as the name of the doctor's brother. Ah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, if you did notice, you know, there was at the, the part where they, uh, the TARDIS is left. It's a great scene. The TARDIS is left in the, the Louvre and people, 
Oh, the yeah, two and people they were there? talking about. Oh, they were talking awesome. about how it looked like a great piece of art. If you didn't notice, the man there was John Cleese. John Cleese is now from being in Monty Python and a bunch of other things. Very famous actor. Uh, he, he's even famous here in the state, but mostly famous. I definitely didn't notice, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know who he is now that you mentioned. It. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. But I would have never pinned that just off the top of my head watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, there's, a, there's a lot of little tidbits of information about it. But I, like I said, I love this episode. I thought it was great. I think Tom is fantastic. You can you can also tell how the dialogue is written very differently. Of course, yeah, it's 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 written differently, and it's just it flows differently because there's like I said, there's a lot of running scenes in that whole series. There's a lot of running and all that sort of stuff. So there's not a whole lot of talking during those times. You know, in mm-hmm. these episodes, we'll get some run in Modern Who. We'll get some running mm-hmm. and then some speaking too, but. There was a lot of that. Like it was like dun 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 music running 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 running, and then it goes to someone else doing something, and then dun 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 running 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 running, and then it yeah. comes back to the the main part. So that was definitely it's definitely a different way to the show was written, and definitely it was interesting. I enjoyed it though. Like there was no I wasn't watching that, and at first I thought I was gonna watch the classic Eps Who episode and be like, oh my gosh, it's so old school, fuck. But I actually didn't even notice. I didn't even care. I was just so infixed mm-hmm. on the story and and getting to know these characters that I've never met before. Even Tom Baker, I've, I know who he is. I know who the fourth Doctor is, but I've never witnessed him in an episode. So getting able to do that, I was more intrigued to, to do that than I was to try to nitpick the episode and what was wrong and what was different or stuff like that. So. Right. Yeah, so zero out of ten, what would you rate this episode? I would probably have to give it... I would say about... I would, say it, I would give it a nine. Oh, I'll give wow. it a nine. And... Give it a nine. I love it. I thought it was great. And uh, one of the craziest things about to, about that episode, and, and, and tell me, let me know if it's any any others or if it's just a, a fact in Classic Who, is that throughout that entire four part episode, not one time do we see the inside of the TARDIS, and then also Duggan when he gets into it and comes out never freaks out about it being bigger on the inside. Yeah. So uh, uh, we do get like obviously TARDIS console room scenes throughout classic Doctor Who but there 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 aren't as many there's still a bunch but no, not as many and also you can tell that they don't do the in in modern Who whenever you get this the the image of the doctor and his companion exiting the TARDIS they do you know obviously effects whether they be visual or digital to put the console room behind him obviously tardis yeah it was just black you didn't see that in this one yeah yeah you never see that they just walk out of it i didn't you know honestly that's i didn't even put that together that yeah he never actually reacts to reacts to the tardis being a time machine that's bigger yeah he just they just land at the beginning of their uh, beginning or whatever and just go he just goes where are we I'm exa- we're exactly where I said we'd be, you know, or whatever. Never mentions it at all. I'm like, I'd be shitting my pants yeah. like, if, if I walked into a TARDIS. I guess you could TARDIS, say that you know? he was more interested in, in everything else that was going on, but... Uh, maybe. I just thought it was cool that we never once saw... Because a, a lot of Modern Who now, we enter the we TARDIS, get that a what, lot. two, three times? Yeah, two, three times, sometimes in a freaking episode. Like, we see the inside of the TARDIS so much. Yeah, I love so, it. So much. <laughs> when we got in last year's Christmas special, The Doctor reacting to it like he was like the river song didn't 
know that he was the doctor. So, oh, yeah, he was like, oh! Yes, yeah, so he was on the outside of it, and that other character goes, you know, like, aren't you going in? And he's like, oh, finally, it's it's my go. And then, and then he <laughs> yeah, goes in, really and funny. he's like, oh, my God! Like, he obviously overacting like crazy. He's like, my whole concept of physics has been transformed! And yeah, then she's like, are you okay? That. And he's like, no, I, I just wanted to see that done right, finally. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, we do get that a lot in Modern Who. But I'm glad you liked it. I, I, I Yeah, I'm going to try to watch more. I'm, I'm watching it. I have a seven-day free trial of the, the Brit Box yeah. on Amazon. So for the fans so, out there, uh, if, you're tr- if you're looking for a way to watch classic Doctor Who, obviously you can purchase it. I, it's available on Blu-ray and DVD through all kinds of retailers. To stream it, I, th- I think that's the only way to do it, though. To stream it, I think it's only on BritBox. I haven't yeah, found anything else to stream it on right now. I know now. of that you can legally stream uh, classic versions of Doctor Who. I mean, it used to be on Netflix, and I think it was even on Hulu at a p- point in time. I'm not, I, I'm not sure. Classic Who, I think it was on Hulu a mm-hmm. while ago. Yeah, I think it was. I think you're right. Um, cause that's the fr- I think that was back in my first foray into... Doctor Who, but yeah, BritBox, it's only like six, seven bucks a month, and it has, of course, it has it's it's nice for like you and me, because a lot of these shows that we don't get to see, or these actors that have been in other things, like Jodie Whittaker, Matt Smith, and all these other people, we can actually there's their shows yeah. are on there, because it's, it's all you know, British right. television, right. you know, so it would, it, who, it would be, it's kind of cool to see, and I I thought about that, I was like I was like, when I got it, I was like, I started looking at the other shows. I was like, man, there's some of these shows that I hear about. I maybe, maybe I should try to watch some of these. You know, I've seen everything here. In, no offense, I've seen everything here in freaking America. I've watched <laughs> How I Met Your Mother a million times. I've watched everything. I don't have Hulu or Netflix anymore because I've seen it all. So it might be interesting yeah. to see some of these things that we've never seen and get to know some of these actors. So that way, when they show up in the Whoverse, we can actually know who they yeah, are. Yeah, it's it's a great it's a it's a great little streaming service. Obviously. Um, the, the main reason I have it is for is for Doctor Who. Every uh, the cool thing is is the difference between the streaming service they provided on this and the streaming service or the streaming of Classic Who on Netflix was that the Netflix streaming had select episodes. It didn't have every episode of that of Classic Doctor Who's run. Every oh, available episode of Classic Doctor Who is on Britbox. Now, obviously, there's a lot that aren't available, but but every episode of, of Classic Doctor Who is available up until Sylvester McCoy's run. Does I don't think it has the TV movie on there because that was an American production, and then there isn't any of the, you know, the modern show. The modern show you can get through Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime, yeah, absolutely. It's all it's all on there up to, I think it's just season. I don't know if yeah. season ten's on there yet. So. That's going to do it for this week's episode of GBS. I'm Jace. And I'm Sean. And we are hopping in our TARDISes, and we'll catch you guys next week.